Hi, I'm Sarah Bross, and you're listening to My Network, a podcast about careers and next steps and keeping moving forward. So welcome to week two of our solo episodes, where we are discussing networking and how to get the most out of our networks. Last week, we reviewed the first two steps of working on your network. Number one, setting strategic networking goals. And number two, identifying the people already in your network. If you missed that episode, you might want to go back and listen before you tackle this one. Today, we are covering steps three and four of working on your network. Step three is being authentically yourself. And step four is making real connections. It's going to be a fun one, so let's get started. The third key to working on your network is to be authentically yourself. This part should be a little bit of fun, but it may also be a little scary for some. Let's talk about being authentic, being who you are, not who you think others want you to be. I'm going to tell you a personal story. When I was about 25 years old, I moved to LA for a dream job. It was in the automotive business, working for BMW. It was in marketing and promotion of accessories like roof racks and satellite radios, t-shirts and other lifestyle products. I was a young female with little experience in automotive and very little experience in business whatsoever. I had never sold cars. And while this job wasn't working in retail for a dealership, any type of auto experience would have helped me. In fact, I had very limited business experience at all. I was not sure if they would accept me. My first day at work, they handed me a set of car keys to a company car. How lucky is that? It was a black three series and I was so nervous to drive it that I almost backed into someone in the parking lot. I wanted to be good at this job so badly and I wanted to be liked. Hitting someone in the parking lot would not have been a good start. But the part I wasn't expecting when I got to the office was that there was literally no people in my age group working there. They were all at least 10 years older than me. Most were more than 20 years older. And they were all married while I was single and they were mostly all men. I really wanted to make a good impression, but I was afraid I wouldn't fit in being myself because they seemed so different from me. I decided to act very professionally. In that way, I put a costume on. I wore it every day. I even dressed the part in sort of manly looking gray and blue pantsuits. I did my makeup in a non-flashy way, and I was very careful with how I presented myself. I didn't share much about my weekend plans, and I had developed a work persona that must have been slightly boring to be around. Flash forward to years later, and some of those same men who were in my office back then are still people I call now that they are retired. They fully accepted work, Sarah, but they also did more. They encouraged me to be myself, they saw something in me, and they helped me grow. They are my friends and mentors. Harvard Business Review would say that how I presented myself at that time is a symptom of, of imposter syndrome. They define imposter syndrome as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persists despite evident success. In other words, I felt like a fake because I wasn't confident in myself that I could do the job. So I tried to hide behind this persona. So a few years later, I had been working for BMW for about six years or so. I'd had a couple of promotions, earned some experience and gotten some confidence. I was asked if I'd be willing to take a promotion, the biggest opportunity I'd had yet, which was as an area manager. It was in Orange County in the biggest market in the West. I realized I could go into the job timidly, trying to be someone else, 
or I could bravely be myself. Most of the other area managers at the time were young men in their 30s, and at least one of them was super cocky and had a huge ego. My perception was that the dealers listened to him and he was accepted by them. So I contemplated trying to be more like him. Could I talk a little more loudly, brag more, wear flashier clothes? In the end, I chose not to, and it was so much more rewarding knowing that I could do the job successfully my way. I didn't have to act a part. I could be myself and still be successful. In the end, I was more successful than him at this particular job, and my contacts at the dealers really respected the way I went to bat for them. I have rewards, sales results, and a promotional track record to prove that I was able to do the job my way. So I didn't have to be cocky or be someone other than myself. And I'm proud of the work I did there. There is one caveat I would put to this advice of being yourself. That is know your audience. It may be wise to filter out some things about your personality to fit in at first. Maybe you swear like a sailor and that is generally frowned upon at your workplace. I'm not saying you don't adjust to the culture of a place. I'm just saying to stay true to who you are at the core and let that guide you. If you don't fit in somewhere, maybe it's better to find another place where you do fit rather than trying to change yourself completely. It's a great feeling to be accepted for who you are at work as it is in the rest of your life. So if you're interested, here's a little activity. Take out your notebook or notes app and jot down a few of your best qualities in a work setting. What are the special things about you that make you stand out? Are you reliable, goal-oriented? Do you like to have a good time and keep things positive and upbeat during tough situations? Are you an optimist? Are you a pessimist, but that pessimism makes you really good at evaluating risk? If you truly don't know the answer to this question and you have trouble identifying which attributes make you authentically you, ask a friend or coworker that you trust. We are working on some future podcasts and content about you, the brand, that I'm excited about. So this is a little teaser to get you thinking about it now. If you have any comments or things you'd like to see us cover on this topic, please leave them on our website at sarahbras.com, S-A-R-A-B-R-A-A-S.com, or on our Instagram. Okay, moving on to the fourth key in working on your network, making real connections. Making real connections with people has a lot to do with being yourself. Really connecting with people doesn't mean you have to be just like them. If you are single and they are married with children, just relate to them in any way that's authentically you. You might say, oh, I'm not married yet, but I'm still looking for that special someone. And they may say, I remember my single days. Don't rush it. There are plenty of ways to connect with people. Maybe you enjoy the same music. With some of the people in my first office in LA, I found that what we had in common was at our core, we were hardworking, industrious people who wanted to do a good job at work. That's a key connection that's not obvious from the surface. But once we saw that in each other, it was easy to work well together. When we eventually bonded on personal topics, it was usually somewhat tied to work. Maybe we got the chance to drive an extra cool car, like an M6 around the Fontana racetrack. But on special occasions, I might get invited to one of their homes for a barbecue and get to meet their wife and kids. And I'd always accept those because the personal connections that you make with people really matter and help you stay connected with them and help that authenticity and that real connection. If you followed along in your notebook since last episode, now's a chance to go to each person's name in your professional network 
and next to it, jot down what things you might have in common with them. Maybe it's a professional group that you met them in. Maybe it's a certain circle of friends or a hobby. If you don't know, leave it blank. We are about to wrap for today. And after we do, I encourage you to spend some time with your network list you've made. Really think about every contact on your list and add anyone you've missed. And think about how you know them and what you have in common. Again, if you missed last week's episode, the first part in this three-part networking podcast mini-series, go back and listen to it now and start there. So remember, the two activities today to add to your notebook are to think about yourself and what your brand is at work. Who are you and how do you want to be thought of at work? What are some key attributes or key words that describe you and the positive things about the work you do? So just set aside a page for that. And then I want you to go back to your original networking list. And next to each name, I want you to write down what you think you have in common with that person. So if you want to get to those two tasks this week, and then join me here in another week for the third and final episode of our three-part mini-series on networking. All August long, we're going to be working on our networking, and I'm excited to have you here with me to do it. Thanks for spending time with me today. You can find more information on sarahbrass.com. That's S-A-R-A-B-R-A-A-S.com. See you next time.